Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast about Chinese booming horse market. I'm your host Zoe King, founder and CEO of Wonder Horse from Shanghai, discovering the wonder of horse world. Hello, everyone. My name is Fei. I work in a bank. I'm so excited to join Zoe today in the show. Hi, Fei. Thank you for co-hosting this episode with me. First, let me ask you a question: Are you addicted to online shopping? Well, honestly, I wasn't quite a digital consumer before. I enjoyed going to the stores, to the market, to get close to nature. But the coronavirus outbreak changed my life pattern. I spend more time staying at home and working remotely. I have no choice. I have to go online to get information, to buy my food, even to watch movies. Now I become more dependent on the internet. Now, me too. According to an official report, Chinese mobile users spend more than six hours a day on their phones, and it is just the figure before the coronavirus outbreak. I'm sure many people who were not quite into digital like you before are getting more addictive to online now. And Fei, what's the most popular online platform in China? Uh, well, uh, I have to say those video platforms like TikTok, Bilibili, and Vlog are really hot for the moment. Most of the brands are using these platforms to send their messages to target customers. For sure, to adapt this switch of consumer behavior in China, we launch a very exciting digital transformation program for equestrian brands. I will explain it in today's China Q and A section. Sounds great. Now let's start with today's China Club. Keeping up with the Golden Slipper, the prestigious two-year-old race in Australia Rose Hill Race Courses. On the twenty-first of March, the winner is the favorite Farnan from Equus Farm. In today's China Club, let's go to Australia to take a close look at this thoroughbred breeding and racing club, wholly owned by the Hong Kong-based Fong family. Equus Chairman Tony Fong has more than forty years' experience in global financial services and investment. Including more than fifteen years as an active investor in Australia, the Fong family has long history with horse racing. Tony Fong's father was a horse owner in Hong Kong, and himself is a voting member of Hong Kong Jockey Club. In Australia, Equus controls a range of tourism, property, and gaming-focused assets, including a number of high-profile development sites on the Gold Coast. The family's Australian interests are managed by Justin Fong, son of Tony Fong. So Zoe, is there anything new for China event today? Well, you know the Golden Slipper is a horse race in Australia, but this year it became kind of Chinese event with six horses of Chinese owners out of sixteen, three horses from Equus Farm. Two from Yulong Racing Club and one from China Horse Club. Due to the coronavirus outbreak, the race has been taken place without spectator. In today's China Q and A, I can't wait to know more about your digital transformation program for equestrian brands. 
I'm sure it is a very exciting project and efficient solution for equestrian brands in Chinese market. The program is composed of three steps. Step one, we call it one minute one brand campaign. We will telemate one minute video for each brand with a Chinese young rider. Step two, we make a three minute video in which a Chinese rider will give a review of the products and recommend them. Step three, we have an integrated online sales solution for brands who participate in this program. Sounds like brands can finally find a way to influence their customers in China and help their retailers to boost the sales online. It's really a win-win solution. Exactly, we do believe it is the right time to make this happen. So, how can we get more information about the program? If you are a question brands and interested in going to Chinese market with a digital approach, please write to us at contact at wonder-horse.com. We are setting up conferences call to explain this program in detail. You will receive the invitation for those conferences. Very interesting. So, guys, write to us right away to find out more about the program. Thank you, Faye. I know you studied in UK for a few years. Did you watch any polo match there? I saw a lot on TV, but didn't have the chance to watch one on the field. I heard you interviewed a Chinese player playing polo in the UK into the China story, right? Yes. Let's listen to Duncan Chiu's story with polo. Hello, Duncan. Hello, hello, Zoe. Nice to connecting with you today.、Uh, how are you doing? Very good, very good. It's a beautiful day outside in Shanghai. Thank you very much for asking. Okay. How are you? Pretty good.、Uh, I'm glad to have you as my guest today for Chinese story because you have a, a absolutely fascinating story between China and UK, and also very、uh, passionate、uh, for polos. I, I would like to begin my interview with this question: Why and how you got into polo at the first place? First, it's my pleasure, and I thank you very much for the invitation. Well, at the age twelve, my father sent me to UK to study. So I was studying in a navy school、uh, near Glasgow in Scotland. So obviously, I think um, um, all those、um, rugby and polo are the most iconic sports in UK. So I was riding with my father when I was little. So I always have a passion and love for the horse riding. So that's why when I heard about polo, and I think it's a, it was an amazing game. So I choose to、uh, play polo when I was young.、Um, then I realized the sport was actually originated from China. So that just actually gives me a lot、um, confidence and energies to dip into it. So that's why I start become professional、um, in the age of sixteen. So and I'm totally in love with this sport. I think it's a great sport to training young generations and、um, to be brave for the future and things like that. You know. Mm-hmm. So、uh, you are one of the Chinese professional、uh, playing polo in the UK. There are not a lot、uh, Chinese professional polo player in China yet. You quite stand up when you play、uh, overseas because you always play polo with a mask. What's the story behind the mask? Yes, I think、uh, for me. Uh, every polo team represents their own culture, their own family, their own country. So I always 
asking myself, so how can I represent a China? So then I realized uh, in our Chinese culture, we have a lot of beautiful histories and beautiful image ideas about warriors going on battlefields uh, with those cool animals, you know? So that's why I uh, I recognize there's a warrior called Prince of Lanning in the Chinese history. He was the first gentleman to wear the face mask to go on a battlefield. Then now, even now, the Japanese samurai culture was was got those kind of, like idea from uh, Prince of Lanning history. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why you, when you see the samurai temples, you see there's the, there's a statue inside the temple. Uh, there's a guy called the god of the war so that's actually prince of landing so i think it's quite a beautiful thing and um, also polo is actually disseminated a war game right so that's mm-hmm. why i think to win a face mask not just protect the face but also to represent the chinese culture and the chinese polo you know so i actually create identity for Chinese polo in the world. Okay, great. So it's a way that you pay respect uh, to the Chinese history and heritage in polo. And uh, do you think foreign players, they can understand this identity? What's their reaction? I think that in the beginning, people were a little bit shocked. Obviously, in the history of, of uh, modern polo, there's nobody wearing face mask. I mm-hmm. think uh, when someone to bring something new, obviously it takes a little bit of time for people to get used to it. So in the last five, six years, after I was started wearing the face mask, and uh, now the face mask has become one of the huge image in the polar world. Everybody knows about me, everybody wants the mask, they think it's cool, they think it's fashion. So I think culture, sometimes it needs the young generation to use their own idea to bring back on life. So that's why I think that's what I did for the Chinese polo is I bring the history back on life, you know, and to use my way to show to the world. And I think it's, it's, it's quite a fascinating um, uh, uh, way to do it, you know, and I think it's a beautiful way to do it. So that's why I encouraged all the young people to do the same and uh, to, to be brave, to chase their dream. If they think something beautiful in their culture, to be ashamed and don't be afraid to show to the world, you know. I yeah. know you, your ultimate uh, idea is to bring back the polo to China. So how's going? And uh, what's the most important thing for you to develop polo in China? Well, when I was studying um, sports management in the university, so I learned a lot how to make a sport become a professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, polo was originated from China, but we lost it nearly about 500 years ago right so Mm -hmm. so now the modern polo is come from india then transfer to uk then transfer to the world so for me every sports if you want to make them professional the young generation the young player is very important so you have to train your own player so my next step and plan will be i will start my school in china and then start to promote the sport to the chinese public so first to understand about the sport and the second is learning to understand the polo is actually not that difficult to get into it. It's not that expensive, that crazy. You know, obviously polo has a lot of different levels. So in the beginning level, it's, it's not that bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I wanted, I wanted the public to know about the message. I want the young people who 
start to love the sport, start to get into the sport, start to give everything to the sport. So that's what I'm going to do in China to start my own school first and then use my skills and reputation to pass all the beautiful things to the young people, let them to understand about the meaning about polo, you know? Okay, so education first, young generation first. Exactly, exactly. Okay, and when and where you plan to start your first school? Well, the, at the moment, I was um, I was in design for my school. Hopefully, um, if the timing is right, and then mm-hmm. luckily, I would think uh, maybe by end of this year. But let's see, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you a lot of success in your project, and uh, very exciting about the idea. Thank you very much, and um, thank you for always um, supporting. Let's do it together. You know, make the sports amazing in China. Great. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Zoe. Bye. Bye. Well, Zoe, before we go, we have to remind our listeners to catch up with the digital transformation program. Absolutely. If you are a Christian brand and you are interested in making your brand more popular online and engaging more Chinese writers, please write to us. We have prepared a super exciting program for you. Great. It was fun to hang out with you today, Zoe. Same here. Thank you and take care. You too. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by Wonder Horse, equine business solution provider and bespoke platform for Chinese equine community. I'm your host, Zoe King. See you next Monday on China Horse Business.